One of the things that people always ask me about when they're traveling to France, it's funny, women worry about this so much. And the question is, is what do you wear? So it doesn't matter if it's summer, spring, fall, winter. I always get a question where people want to know what should they wear? Are sneakers okay? You know, do French women wear berets? Should they have a scarf? Like, um, you know, can they wear bright colors or not? The Life of a Bon Vivant, Manifesting Your Paris Dreams and More. I'm your host, Bita Hashampour. This podcast is designed to inspire, elevate, and help you step into the abundant life you deserve, whether that's in Paris or anywhere else in the world. And welcome back to another episode of the Life of a Bon Vivant podcast. It is so great to have you guys here. If you're new to the podcast, this is basically our second season. I started this podcast in 2023, uh, in the pretty much the beginning of the year. And I've been sharing an episode with you guys each week. And we love to talk about all things French. Uh, including French culture, you know, French fashion, food, language, travel to France, living in France, and of course, comparisons between the United States and France, since I am an American, so I can offer that perspective as someone who's lived in both countries. And today's episode is going to be all about traveling to France for those of you who are either first-timers or for those of you who maybe want to learn just a little bit more about some of those cultural differences that exist between, you know, French and American culture. Of course, we have listeners from all over the world, but I usually try to compare with America since I'm obviously most familiar and can speak from a place where I've actually lived in America. So I don't like to do comparisons with other countries because, you know, you just some sometimes, you know, some things about other countries like Canada, Australia, um, the UK or whatnot. But for the most part, I like to speak from a place where I actually have firsthand, you know, experience. So one of the things that people always ask me about when they're traveling to France, it's funny, women worry about this so much. And the question is, is what do you wear? So it doesn't matter if it's summer, spring, fall, winter. I always get a question where people want to know what should they wear? Are sneakers okay? You know, do French women wear berets? Should they have a scarf? Like, um, you know, can they wear bright colors or not? And the reality is, is that... French people, while they do tend to be on average more stylish, perhaps, than Americans, 
or maybe just not quite as sporty or casual as Americans are, uh, they're not really concerned with what other people are wearing. It's more like if they dress up or they dress well, they're doing it for themselves and what they believe in and the values they have around personal style and aesthetic. And it's not like if you go to a cafe wearing even like, you know, sweat joggers and sneakers, you're going to be probably turned away at your average brasserie or cafe or given horrible looks. But I always like to recommend that women and, and men really take a sort of casual chic approach when traveling in France just to ensure that, you know, they're being respectful for the different establishments they may visit. For instance, if you go to casual cafe for lunch, it may not matter that much that you're wearing, you know, some uh, jeans and let's say like a wool sweater and sneakers. But if you were to try to go to dinner later in the evening, it would be more respectable to uh, have a more polished or elevated look rather than what you would wear just to lunch. So what I recommend doing is to typically pack neutrals because not only is it something that Parisians gravitate towards and French people in general gravitate towards, but also I think that it's really easy to make a variety of outfits and keep your packing wardrobe very versatile and create options for yourself when you are in France and you're picking outfits each day. So I always recommend packing neutrals and then packing pieces that you can mix and match and uh, be able to go from place to place in. So let me just give an example of that quickly. So for instance, this past December, I went for our holiday retreat and I packed a variety of sweaters. And when I say sweaters, I mean knit sweaters a mix of some cashmere wool, uh, like a chunky cable knit sweater, and not so much like the old college football team sweater or, um, you know, anything with like a lot of graphics. I'm talking about like a nice sweater that you'd actually wear um, even out to dinner. And so I packed a mix of sweaters like that. And then I took wool slacks and a mixture of sneakers, uh, short heeled boots, and um, as well as a couple of skirts. And basically, the way I put these together was I put a, you know, wear a pair of slacks with a knit sweater and then some sneakers and my nice, you know, overcoat, peacoat over it and go out for the day. And I had a scarf on, of course, too. And the outfit was still polished enough that I could go to dinner wearing that, and it would be completely acceptable. But I also allowed for the possibility that if there was a little free time between our daily activities and dinner, I could come back to the room and simply 
throw on some heeled boots and just elevate the look a little bit more and not really have to change even into a skirt if I didn't want to for dinner because like I said, my pants and top were nice and the slacks were these great pair of stretch slacks that I have from J. Crew that look you know, nice and, and polished, but they're still really comfortable for wearing all day long. And so if you pack outfits like that, then you have a lot more flexibility with, you know, where you can go during the day. And you just show that you're respectful of a culture that does tend to, you know, appreciate a more, like I said, casual chic uh, aesthetic. So if you want some ideas on that, I will link to both a winter packing list that I have and I have a spring packing list that I, or spring idea, spring wardrobe that I can link to as well in the show notes. Another thing that people tend to ask when they're traveling to France for the first time is whether you have to know French. And I think it's always a little intimidating when you're going to another country where you don't speak the language, but I think France in particular is intimidating because people hear that, oh, the French are snobby or rude, and I think that adds to that intimidation factor. The truth is the French are not snobby or rude at all, and of course, you're always going to meet you know, a person who's not as nice as someone else that happens wherever you are, not just in France. But for the most part, the French, I think, just like to feel a little bit respected by all cultures, not just Americans, by having people address them with a bonjour, which of course means hello in French, before you continue on speaking you know, English. I I don't want to say any language because English, of course, is like the world language. So it's more likely that the French person is going to know some English than, let's say, some Japanese. Um, Although you never know, the French are pretty great with languages too. So they tend to, you'll meet a lot of French people who know like German or Italian as well. But in any case, If you are approaching a French, let's say, uh, business, like a waiter or a shopkeeper or you're in the grocery store or um, like I said, you just you enter any sort of French establishment, it's on you to first greet the person and say bonjour. And this is kind of opposite of the culture that we have in the States where it's like, the shopkeeper is supposed to tell you bonjour and display excellent customer service, right? Um, And it's not like that in France. It's sort of like you're walking into their, if you want to say home or like territory, so to speak. And the respectable thing is for you to first say bonjour. And then once you say bonjour, if you can learn the phrase vous parlez anglais, this means can you speak English? And if you can say that, then that helps too, because they'll know, okay, you're, you need to speak English. They'll either say we or yes, or they'll say no. And if that's the case, you may need to pull out your little Google translate on your phone. But 
in places like Paris, there's tons of English speakers. And in general, in France, it's proximity to the UK and just being such a tourist destination means there's a lot of English speakers um, or French people that know a decent amount of English to be able to converse with you. So short answer is you don't have to know French to be able to travel to France. It helps. You're going to get definitely even better service when you put that effort into sprinkle in some French. Um, I've definitely gotten like special perks and free things and goodies when I've spoken French uh, going into a shop or a restaurant or whatnot. I think I get a really warm reception for using French. But, um, you know, my mom, for instance, doesn't speak French at all. She only knows a few little phrases like bonjour or bonjourney, which is like, have a good day. You usually say that when you're leaving somewhere, you'll say bonjourney. Or in the evening, you may say bonsoir. Um, you know, she only knows a few of these phrases and she's always had a you know, great time in France and everyone's always been really friendly and nice to her. So I think it's more about that initial, if you can just get off on the right foot by saying bonjour, you'll have a much better interaction. If you walk in somewhere and you're just like, where's the bathroom? Or do you have a table for two? You're going to rub them the wrong way. And that's really all there is to it. So So that hopefully answers that question. Um, In terms of also, I think just like while we're talking about the cafe and whatnot, the French tend to speak in lower volumes than Americans do. And this is maybe sometimes why Americans also get this feeling like, oh, the French are snobby or rude. It's because they may be very... Um, elevated or loud in their decibels of, you know, the the volume in which they're speaking at. And the French that are around them may give them a couple dirty looks like, mm, can you keep it down? Um, and it's because, you know, culturally, Americans were taught to express yourself, you know, from a young age. If you remember in school, they'll tell you, like, speak up, you know, speak with your shoulders back and, you know, really project your voice. You're really taught that. And it just happens that we grow up becoming accustomed to that and doing that. And so without even realizing it, we can be sitting in a restaurant and speaking much more loudly than anyone else is. And the French, it's not that they don't, you know, express themselves or get loud. They totally do. I've seen them do it. But it's usually more like at home or maybe at the very end of the night when the restaurant's kind of cleared out and they're the last ones there and have had a couple bottles of wine. (laughs) And so um, they usually typically try to keep a more reserved demeanor when they're eating out. So it's something to take note of when you're eating out in France to just have, uh, you know, watch, be mindful of how loudly you're speaking and really try to use like those lower tones. Um, You don't have to be whispering like you're telling secrets, but again, just like a low tones, like if you didn't want everyone around you to hear or what you're saying. I think that's kind of the tone that you you typically use in a French uh, cafe or even just in a French store if you're looking around. Um, that's sort of the this common standard. Uh, 
Also something else to note when you are going out to a cafe, uh, because this is a big cultural difference, is that the French have designated meal times. And unless you're going to, let's say, like a brasserie that serves, um, I don't want to say 24-7, but more like uh, every day, all hours of the day, you're not going to find a restaurant open for lunch or dinner at those sort of in-between times. And what I mean by in-between times is basically, typically a French cafe will open 12 to 12.30 and it'll be open to around 2.30 for lunch. And then for dinner, dinner service usually earliest it starts is 7 and it'll go to like 9.30. Now the French themselves usually won't start eating dinner till around 7.30 or 8. Um, lunch is usually 12.30 or 1. But again, I, f- I find that the opening hours for these restaurants are either like noon or 7. Um, and like I said, they close around 2.30, 9.30. So if it's like 3 p.m., let's say you're, you've flown into Paris, you kind of miss the lunch hour and you want to pop into somewhere to eat, don't be surprised if you walk into a restaurant and see that, you know, it's closed or it says we'll be back like, you know, at seven or has the hours posted there with the door closed. Um, And this is completely normal. And again, it's a cultural thing. Uh, But you can definitely find, like I said, these sort of Uh, brasseries or like corner street cafes that are open and serving meals all day. Definitely the popular tourist spots, uh, like if you go to Saint-Germain, if you go to uh, Les Domagots or um, Café Floor, these places are open at all the hours. So you'll be able to get a meal there. But another recommendation for me, if you are traveling to France for the first time, it's best to try and just get like a maybe a little snack. Um, if you can pop into a cafe, have like a crepe and a coffee, or uh, if you can pop into a bakery, pick up a croissant, one of my favorite things to eat when I land in France uh, with a ca- coffee and just try to hold over, hold yourself over until dinner time. And I say that because if you can really just keep yourself busy and get onto the schedule in France and French time, then it just makes it so much easier for your jet lag. You will be able to go hopefully to bed at a more um, normal time in France and then hopefully wake up at the uh, normal time as well. So uh, because I've done it where... I like took a nap <laughs> when I got to France and then it was so hard to fall asleep at night. Uh, I made that mistake a couple times back in the early days when I was first traveling to France and I've definitely learned better by now. So, uh, so yeah, so just take note of those sort of meal times uh, and where it might be open or closed. And actually Related to that too is take note that if you are traveling um, during a Sunday or Monday to France, uh, a lot of places are closed. So Sunday, I mean, that shouldn't be too shocking. We definitely have places in the U.S. that are closed on Sundays, but it's more common and widespread in France. 
And then a lot of places will be closed Mondays because certain places that were open on Sunday choose to close on Monday. So a good example of that is a bakery. A bakery may be open Sunday, knowing that a lot of their customers uh, are home on the weekend and want to come and pick up like croissant, brioche, things like that to enjoy with the family for a nice, you know, long breakfast at home. But uh, then they choose to take the Monday off and close the bakery on the Monday. So just take note of that. Certain museums, too, are closed on Mondays or they may choose to close on a Tuesday. I think it's the Louvre that may be closed on a Tuesday, but uh, you'll want to double check that. But just note that the hours can sometimes be a little different. And, you know, a lot of even pharmacies follow this rule too, which is, I think, a little bit shocking for Americans because we have like CVS, Walgreens, and all these places in the U.S. that are usually open all the time for us. But in France, it's not the case. So I always like to recommend that people take, you know, a little bit of like Advil or um, maybe even like NyQuil or Sudafed, whatever kind of medicine you typically keep in your little go-to um, you know, medicine cabinet at home. That's kind of what you should take a little bit of with you there. Some cough drops maybe uh, just in case you can't get to pharmacy right away. There is a fantastic service in France that you can use. You don't have to be a French resident or citizen. It's called SOS Medecin, and I'll link that in the show notes below. And they are awesome. You can call them and either they will come to your hotel or apartment you're renting, or you can go into one of their clinics and they'll, um, you can also do a virtual visit too. If you don't need to see the doctor, if you think, you know, like, let's say you're a woman, you have a UTI and you recognize the symptoms, you can do a virtual visit. And a lot of those doctors do speak English and they'll be able to, um, prescribe you something for when the pharmacy opens right away the next morning, you can go get it. Or if you're seeing them, they may have something they can um, do for you in person. So uh, just something to know. It's a great, great service. And if you're traveling during the winter, it's so easy to to get sick, like on the plane ride, you know, to France and then end up with the cold there. It's awful, but it happens more than you know. So uh, just a little FYI for you there. Uh, the other question that people ask a lot is with this uh, idea of tipping in America, we're very used to tipping at least like 15 to 20%, right? 15% is there. Okay. But 20% is if you're like me, I usually do 20% um, if I have good service. And in France, that's not common. That's not sort of the go-to, but Americans, you know, get confused because they're like, okay, it's not 20%, but what is it? How much should we tip? And there are many French people who will tell you, no, no, you never leave a tip. Uh, One of my good friends, her French husband is always like, no, don't do that. You're going to ruin it like for the rest of us. But then there's many French people who, um, who do. And 
I think what's customary, and this is what I always did when I was, you know, in France is to leave, I would say two to like three euros, maybe two to four, even uh, if you're at dinner, let's say it's a couple of you or um, even three, four of you and you're out for dinner, uh, maybe each like let's say you're two couples sitting and having dinner, each couple could put a couple of euros down if you had excellent service and you know a great time. Uh, if you're having a coffee um, or like a let's say cafe gourmand, which is basically like a coffee with a few little uh, desserts that come with it, very typical in the afternoon to do something like that. You may leave a euro uh, or two at the very max. Um, for your server. And again, this is not mandatory at all. This is if you just felt like you had an excellent uh, experience. And I think it's really nice for uh, Americans who don't speak French to do this when your waiter is particularly nice and has gone out of their way to help you you know, translate something in the menu or describe dishes, help you order and figure out what it is you want. Um, if, of course, there are definitely those waiters that do the very bare minimum, you don't have to leave anything for them. But uh, like I said, if you had a really great waiter, really friendly waiter or something, then uh, it's nice to leave them a little something. I used to always go and get like either a glass of wine or a um, cafe allongé, which is basically just like an American style cup of coffee at the cafe across the street from my house. And I would always take my dog with me and they were always so sweet. They knew me. So they would always bring like a little bowl of water for Bentley um, and they were always really quick for me. And sometimes they would bring me free little like snacks and things. Uh, and so I always left them like a euro or two, depending on what I ordered uh, for the waiters. So it just depends on how much you like your service. But uh, if you see on the receipt for the, uh, you know, like things that you ordered when you get your check, your bill, if you see that it says service is not um, service is included, a tip is not. Sometimes they do that. Just know that that doesn't mean the tip is obligated. They'll do this knowing that a lot of tourists uh, will think, "Okay, I need to leave tip." It's a little scammy, but uh, just know it's completely optional if you want to do that. Whereas I think in the U.S., of course, it's optional. It's not like they'll call you up and say, hey, you didn't leave a tip. You know, if you leave a restaurant, you don't leave a tip. But it's definitely expected and it's very, very rude not to leave a tip. That means that your service was really bad if you don't in the US. But that's not what that means in France. So just a little <laughs> uh, thing to note there. And um, one of the I'll say second to last thing I'll kind of talk about quickly here is just know also about bathroom access. So in the US, it's pretty easy to find somewhere you can use a restroom, you could uh actually run into a grocery store. You could run into like a Target or something and use the bathroom, uh, maybe a Starbucks. In France, it's 
much harder, especially like I can tell you in Paris, even though it's a big city, it's still really hard to find a public restroom to use. Uh, a lot of the ones that are on the street that you can put like um, a coin in and go in, they're they're not pretty. <laughs> um, and even the ones that you can pay a couple euros to go and use, like they have different spots, for instance, near the parks where you can pay a couple euros to use the bathrooms. I would not want to use them. Um, so the best thing to do is, first of all, use a restroom when you have access to one, even if you don't think you really need to. Uh, so like if you're having lunch and let's say you're okay after, just use the restroom just in case because you don't know when your next opportunity will be to use one. But let's say you do find yourself uh, in the middle of your tourist explorations and you're like, I got to go. Then find a, a spot like a cafe or brasserie where you can uh, ideally go and order an espresso and do that and then um, use the bathroom while you're there. So don't walk into the establishment and just use the bathroom without ordering anything. That's really considered very rude, and they may call you out on it if they catch you. <laughs> so uh, just a note about the bathrooms, because this is something, I think, unusual for people who go to France for the first time, and they're like, what? Where's the bathrooms? Uh, and the kind of last thing, but I think still really important to take note of too, when you are, uh, going into France is, um, when you get to the airport, just note that there are specific taxi lines for taking a taxi into the city and the official taxi service in Paris is called G7. So if you land at Charles de Gaulle, and you need a ride, uh, you can grab your stuff at the baggage claim, head outside, head out the doors, and go into this official taxi line. And when you're getting into the taxi, you'll look to see that they have the uh, sort of, it's like a sign on the top that says Parisienne, Taxi Parisienne. And then uh, it'll have the G7 branding and you can even confirm the rate with your driver before sitting in. But there are fixed rates. If you go to the G7 site, I'll link that below in the show notes. There are fixed rates for going from Charles de Gaulle, either to the right or left side of the banks, the, the Seine River. And same thing for Orly Airport. So it's not like those taxis are allowed to just charge you like 100 euros for you to do, let's say, a ride from Charles de Gaulle to um, a hotel in Saint-Germain. That's not allowed. They have those fixed rates. But what does happen are there are these private taxi drivers or like rogue drivers who hang out uh, a lot of times inside the airport after you've picked up baggage and you're heading towards the exit, they'll be like, do you need a taxi? You need a taxi? You know, people go, yeah. And and they say, oh, here, I'll take you. And they get your stuff and put it in the trunk and take you to your spot. And then when you get there, they'll tell you like, okay, it's 130 euros. And you'll be like, what? <laughs> uh, and that's totally messed up. It's scammy. It's, it's not right, obviously, but unfortunately they're there and that happens. So 
If you see those people on your way to the official taxi line, just say no merci or just say no and keep walking. Just ignore them and keep walking because it's something that people fall for all the time. My own mom fell for it once and I was like, mom, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, she had to, she paid the price when she got to my apartment. So um, just something to know about that. But overall, I think you should be excited and not worried, you know, keep your belongings close to you when you're in Paris. Paris is safe. There are a lot of pickpocketers, but, you know, honestly, that happens in a lot of major cities. And I think that if you're just smart, you're aware of your surroundings. I love to wear a cross body bag and I keep the bag in front of me. All the time when I'm sitting in a cafe, I put my bag like in my lap or under my coat somewhere where I have obviously clear control over it and someone couldn't like sneak and pull it off or pull something out of it. Um, If I ride the metro, I have my hands over my bag in front of me and I'm not playing on my phone or texting where I could be distracted. I think just being smart. You have to remember you are in a major city if you're going into Paris and that stuff happens. So you just have to be a little bit aware of your your surroundings. But other than that, it's an incredible country to see. And I think that anybody who really goes in following some of these cultural tips and sort of rules, so to speak, that I mentioned, always comes out having an awesome time. So I hope this helps you. And if you have any other tips you want to share, feel free to send me a message and I'll try to include it in another roundup. But I love hearing from you guys. If you haven't left a review for the podcast, please, please do. They really do make a difference. And it's always just nice to hear your guys's feedback. I hope you guys have a great week. 